Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 10th of March. Coming up, parents pay tribute to a head teacher following his sudden death. His leadership's been praised by dozens of people. Russell Amos has described him as a warm and friendly guy who's made the school a happy place for his little ones. How to stop fake news about the coronavirus on social media. The fact that we are all becoming so reliant on certain big tech players like Facebook, like Google, is a bad thing in some respects. And has the money spent on Brexit so far been worth it? If you break it down, it's £66 for every man, woman and child in the UK, probably about £100 for every taxpayer. I mean, essentially that is money for nothing. We have had nothing to show for that. Kent News. First, there's shock today after the head teacher of a trust that runs three schools around Maidstone died suddenly from a heart attack at the age of just 45. Darren Webb was in charge of the Coppies Primary Partnership which runs Coxheath, Lewes and St Catherine's primaries. He passed away yesterday. Rebecca's been reading some tributes from parents. Well, Donna Smith has described Mr Webb as an amazing person, while Mark Jennings said he was a truly inspirational head teacher. Other mums and dads have taken to social media, with Helen Nightingale telling us how he used to stand at the school gate every morning, whatever the weather, welcoming all the children. His leadership's been praised by dozens of people. Russell Amos has described him as a warm and friendly guy who's made the school a happy place for his little ones. Another parent, Michelle Summers-Smith, says he was a brilliant teacher with a kind heart who thought of all his pupils. Stuart Jefferis added that he was nice and always approachable in the playground. Susan Grigg simply called him a lovely man. In a letter to parents, the Chair of Trustees, Carol Hardy, says the schools will be arranging support for both staff and children. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere, an investigation's underway to try and find out what started a fire in Dover, which has left a woman in her 70s dead. The huge blaze broke out at a house on Clarendon Street off Folkestone Road yesterday evening, and crews worked through the night to stop it spreading. At the moment, it's not being treated as suspicious. It's been revealed an independent review into the baby death scandal at East Kent hospitals will begin next month. Bereaved families will be asked to share their personal experiences as part of the investigation, which is looking into whether 26 baby deaths could have been prevented at the QEQM in Margate and Ashford's William Harvey. Police searching for a man who went missing from Ashford have found a body in the River Stour. 33-year-old Hugo Limbu disappeared at the weekend and officers made the discovery near Bowen's Field yesterday evening. The death is not being treated as suspicious. Kent Online News. Time for an update on the coronavirus and today we're focusing on how the spread of false information can be almost as dangerous as the illness itself. 16 million people in Italy are now being told to only leave the house if they have to go to work or if it's an emergency. The outbreak there means Sport events are cancelled, schools are shut and bars are closing at dusk. The Foreign Office says no one should travel to the country unless it's essential and anyone returning is being told to self-isolate for two weeks. Meantime, medical experts are telling us to prepare for thousands of COVID-19 cases here in the UK. It's also feared fake news about the virus is putting even more people at risk. To try and tackle it, searches on Google, Facebook and YouTube will now put official 
NHS and World Health Organization guidance right at the top. Louisa has been speaking to Ian Reeves from the University of Kent on KMTV. With the growth of social media in particular, the speed at which some of this stuff can disseminate has accelerated wildly. Um, and it's, you know, it's described as, as a virus in, in virus-like terms itself. And it's quite clear that from some of the, you know, some of the myths that we've probably all seen and some of the, the, you know, the odd stories that we've all seen out there, some of that could be quite dangerous. And to bring some of those in, for instance, we're seeing there was a claim on Facebook that a vaccine existed and that got shared sort of 500 times and that there was also saline solutions that could potentially kill the virus and lots of people were, as a result of that, buying them. How dangerous can this be? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen every, everything from... from garlic to mm. tonic water to just drinking water every 15 minutes you know all of these things if they start to lodge in people's minds can end up being extremely dangerous and putting at you know putting people uh, at greater risk than the, than they need to be so yeah it's very dangerous and you know we've we've seen from the bizarre story of you know the couple who allegedly had wine delivered by a drone to the to the you know the virus affected cruise ship you know that's on the sort of softer side but you know all of these things just sort of add to that the kind of noise out there and makes it hard for people to know what to trust i think and what can people look out for when they are trying to see whether something is trustworthy well i think the key thing is to is to think mm. <laughs> is this likely to be true mm. and what can i do to check if it isn't and obviously one of the things you can do is to make sure you're getting you know, your news from a reliable source. If you're confident that the information that you're reading has been processed by a professional journalism team, that's going to give you more confidence. Nonetheless, people can still use their own kind of, you know, some fairly basic online skills just to double check things. So to check who the source is, mainly, to look at the history of stuff, you can do quite simple reverse image searches for example to see you know is this picture what it's being purported to be there's a you know a, a picture that was doing the rounds of a load of people lying on the floor you know saying that this was victims of the coronavirus in china and in fact it was a it was a german art installation from 2016 or something so there's you know there's lots of relatively simple online tools that i think the general public are going to end up being much more becoming much more familiar with um, in their own homes so that they can start to do some of this kind of, you know, professional fact-checking themselves. So far, at least six cases have been confirmed in the county, including in areas like Maidstone, Ashford and Chatham. You can keep up to date with any more developments at kentonline.co.uk. Kent, Kent News. A man who stole £86,000 from a Kent Parish Council has been ordered to pay back just £1 or spend an extra day in prison. Gary Willard, who worked in Rolvenden spent the money on computers, a camera and a projector. The 53-year-old from Tenterden admitted fraud and was jailed for three years last September. An investigations now found he has no assets to repay the money. It's emerged more than £4 billion was spent by government departments on preparing for Brexit, with at least £100 million of that in Kent. The figures from the public spending watchdog are based over a period from June 2016 to January this year, when the UK finally left the EU. The National Audit Office say Operation Brock on the M20 cost taxpayers £69 million. It also highlighted losses made by the Department for Transport, linked to 
the contracts offered to ferry companies in the event of a no deal. Our political editor Paul Francis has been chatting to Kent County Councillor Paul Cooper, Medway Labour Councillor Alex Patterson and Maidstone Lib Dem Councillor David Nagy. Paul Cooper gave us his opinion first. I'd like to think that there is not only a savings to go forwards but, but hopefully an economic benefit and, and clearly the way that we leave will, will determine whether we see those economic benefits. I it mean, kind of dwarfs the, uh, the £350 million pounds a week uh, that you, you, well, I mean, was what, saying would be saved. Uh, what's that? That's the equivalent of about 12 weeks expenditure. If you break it down, it's £66 for every man, woman and child in the UK, probably about £100 for every taxpayer. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you I'm, relaxed I'd, about I'd, it? Yeah, I'd gladly chip in more than £100. I mean, to, but, uh, to yeah, I, what about the fact that, you know, if we don't get the, the, the kind of agreements we're after, there's going to be more expenditure to come? Uh, so I mean, this is a problem. If we don't get a, a sensible free trade agreement that, um, that allows us to carry on trading, then yeah, that does become a problem. Uh, I'm fairly confident we'll get one. I think there'll be some compromises with the EU. We'll probably accept a degree of free movement, which I'd be quite delighted to see, actually. Um, I, I feel fairly positive about it. You know, let's, let's see what happens. Let's not be the, the doomsayers. OK, well, do you, you share the same spirit of uh, optimism about the outcome, Alex? Well, I mean, essentially that is money for nothing. We have had nothing to show for that. We've actually got a situation where, you know, that's really just the cost for the phony war. Um, and even by leaving the EU in name, we're still bound by its rules. So actually, none of the economic impacts have struck yet. So anyone that suggests that this is a, a proof that nothing dreadful's around the corner, well, frankly, we just haven't we haven't seen anything happen yet. Well, David, what, what do you think about this? Is it? I'm just, is it I'm a just so gobsmacked um, by that amount of money because it apparently Operation Brock could be in place in, place in four days. So why couldn't people just wait until the last minute uh, or even wait till something definitely happened? If you missed Paul on politics, you can watch the full episode on KMTV's website. Kent Online reports. A winter ice rink in Canterbury has ended up costing the taxpayer thousands of pounds after failing to make a profit. It's claimed not enough people went to the attraction at the Dane John Gardens, leaving the council with a bill of £72,000. Despite making a loss, they want to run it again next year and the year after that, saying they're confident it will make money. And All Saints will be headlining Margate's Pride event at Dreamland in the summer. The girl band will take to the stage in August as part of the town's celebrations and to mark the amusement park's 100th birthday. Special guests are also set to be announced. Tickets go on sale on Thursday morning. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.